Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 2 Peter and learning what it means to grow in grace. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So thankful for each one of you. Got my O-Snap mug today. For those of you that are listening, it has a picture of a camera on it. I'm trying to read what kind of camera that is. I can't see it, but this is a mug that my daughter, my Australian daughter, left in our house. So it has become mine because I love that Bible verse, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. So there's my coffee mug today. Hey, second uh, Peter chapter two is where we are in our Bibles. And we, we have begun talking about the false teachers. Remember, Peter said, even as there were these holy men of God moved by the Holy Spirit back in the Old Testament, through whom God gave his word, faithful communicators for the message of God. So there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. So Peter's warning these audience members at various local churches throughout the the scattered regions uh, to whom he's writing that, uh, hey, be careful because sometimes the greatest enemy is within. Uh, Paul talked about that to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20. We have to be so careful, don't we, that truth trumps personality. And if we're not careful, we can fall in the same trap where we just follow somebody because they say things so eloquently or because they have such a force of personality or because, wow, that's where all the people are going to church. It's not to say that any of those things are wrong per se. It's just to say that the truth is what matters. And Peter is really emphasizing that here in verses one and two. I want you to look back at verse two. Uh, where the Bible says, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So there we talked about how people sometimes can, can follow a personality more than they follow the truth of God's word. Look at verse number three, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. What a statement. Through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. So interesting how the Apostle Peter speaks to motive, covetousness. He speaks to method through feigned words. And then he speaks to the result. And the result would be they're going to make merchandise of you. So let's talk about those three. The false teachers here, they're motivated by covetousness. Uh, I want what I don't have. I want, I'm greedy of gain. And if you want to see a theme in the Bible, just study the word covetous. Uh, Paul said in Romans chapter seven, his own testimony, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. I never would have known I was a sinner. I think Paul had this idea that the 10 commandments were all things that one could do. He didn't see uh, the, the motives behind them. But one thing Paul couldn't argue with in his own conscience was the fact that the Bible said, thou shalt not covet. And even though Paul looked so good on the outside as an unsaved Pharisee, he knew on the inside, boy, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. That's why Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness. 
For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Uh, Paul made it clear to Timothy that the love of money is the root of all evil. Earlier in that same chapter, chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, he said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. See, the opposite of covetousness is contentment. And yet these false teachers are motivated, motivated by what they can get, what they can get. Do you remember when uh, the Apostle Paul wrote the church at Thessalonica? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul said, hey, here's some of the reasons why God used my team when we went to Thessalonica. He was talking about himself and Silas and Timothy. And he said, uh, we didn't use covetousness. Uh, we weren't there to, to make merchandise of you. We were there, in matter of fact, to, to, to prove that point. And he did this with the Corinthians as well. He said, that's why I worked a side job. Because I knew that your temptation would be to think that I was only there for the money. And I wasn't. So Peter is saying about these false teachers that they're motivated by covetousness. We don't have to look too far in modern ministry to see that. To see uh, examples of people that just are in it for the money. You know, we look at the stereotypical televangelist who's saying, you know, send me this money to my, uh, to buy my prayer cloth. And he's driving around this Mercedes Benz and living in this mansion. And, you know, you don't have to be rich to be covetous. You just have to be motivated by that, that baser motivation. And what the Bible is saying is that these false teachers are not motivated by the truth uh, to tell the truth. They're not motivated by the glory of God. They're motivated by covetousness. The Bible says, through covetousness shall they with feigned words. So there it is. When my motive is to get something, then I can't really tell you the truth because the truth of God's word might offend you. The gospel might be offensive to your pride. So I've got to adjust my message so that you're going to like me, so that you're going to give to me, so that I can get more people. So I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. We talked about this yesterday, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables. And so here we have a ministry where people are just saying what they want to say, teaching what people want to hear so that they can get bigger crowds, more money, more fame. Wow, what a, what a slippery slope that is. And so through covetousness, shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. So the real loser is the, the end user, the, the, the audience member who swallows these lies, who swallows. So they're going and they're giving their, their money, they're offering money, they're giving their time and their treasure and their, their talents uh, to that ministry, to that person, only to be disillusioned in the end. And then to say, I guess all churches are that way. And I guess all pastors are that way. And I, I quit on God. I quit. They make merchandise. They just become, the audience member just becomes a commodity. How sad to see that. 
So Peter is warning, he's warning about this, that we need to identify these false teachers. We need to know the truth ourselves and not be hoodwinked by the personality cult or hoodwinked by these that are flashy and, and have a big crowd. Not that those things are wrong necessarily, but the truth trumps it all. Look at verse number three again, where it says, and through covetousness, shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. So it might seem to those of us that are confined by time and space that, you know, well, when, when are people like that going to receive their judgment? When is God going to make this right? It looks like these are people that are just taking advantage of Christianity, taking advantage of uh, seemingly innocent people in local churches and merchandising them, abusing them religiously. And when is it going to be taken care of? Well, the Bible makes it very clear that, that God's not lingering. Uh, God's not sleeping, slumbering. No, God is going to deal with all of this according to his timetable. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Peter's going to go on to say this in chapter three, as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come uh, to the knowledge of the truth. So the, the point here is that sometimes in our own limited time and space, uh, we feel as if, well, this is not right. God is not God is not dealing with this. And what Peter is promising is, hey, get your eyes off of the moment, get your eyes onto the master and see that God's timetable is right on schedule. It always has been and it always will be. So let's keep that in mind. I'll look at verse number four of our text. Now, to buttress this point that these false teachers who even now are infiltrating local churches and these false teachers that are motivated by a wrong motivation and are employing a wrong methodology, they're not preaching the truth and they're actually hurting people, uh, they will be dealt with. And to, to buttress that point, uh, he gives three great Old Testament examples. Let's look at the first one in verse number four. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So in verse number four, the apostle Peter says, hey, there were angels at one point that enjoyed the, the, the glory and luster of heaven. And they lived in the presence of God along with Lucifer, the exalted cherub, right? And yet they made a choice to reject God. They made a, they made a choice to follow Satan. And some of them, at least, have been cast to hell and are held there in chains of darkness reserved unto judgment. So it seems as if some angels who, who are fallen are now part of the demonic world and have freedom. But it seems that some angels that fell are reserved in chains of darkness unto judgment. See that? And so just as there were these, the, these creatures, angels, that were in the very presence of God with great and lofty position and, uh, and, and, a, and a, obviously an incredible future ahead of them, uh, they made a bad choice and God judged them for it. So just as surely as this, 
that as the fallen angels are judged, so surely shall the false teachers be judged. You might not see it today. You might not see it tomorrow, but you have the promise of God's word that God will make all things right according to his timetable. Now, there are two other examples that Peter uses uh, to help us to understand the surety of God's judgment. And uh, we'll talk about those next episode. And both of those examples are examples with human beings. So they're even that much more poignant. So I hope all that helps today. Uh, Appreciate you joining us. Hope you have a great day today in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.